Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Juliette. And I'm Jessen. Today we'll be reviewing Transcendence by Shay Savage. Before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform and please rate and review us. If you want more romance discussions, follow us on our social media pages at SWReadRom and join our closed Facebook group, The Swoon Zone. If you'd like some podcast extras, become a patron of the podcast on Patreon, where we have extra content, including exclusive episodes and giveaway free stickers, books, and bookmarks. And of course, a big special shout out to our patrons for all of your support. We always appreciate you guys. Thank you, guys. Yes. Okay. So before we get into this very original, amazing book. These characters. So cool. Oh, my goodness. I, I Well, yeah. We have so much to discuss, but before we do that, let's yeah. chat just a minute. I just want to say how excited I am that Don't Hex and Drive is coming up. <laughs> yes, next week. Yes. Is that insane? Yes. yes, I just so for those crazy. of you who are unaware and have not heard us talk about it before, which is impossible because we talk about it all the time. <laughs> Juliet's second book in her Stay a Spell series is coming out on September eighth. And I'm so excited that this I book is am. going to be out in the world. This is a labor of love, you guys. It is. And I just have to admit something as an author, share something as an author. So um, this character, Isadora, is very much an introvert. She's shy. She's not meek or timid at all, but she's shy and introverted, which is a very difficult thing to balance, you know? <laughs> and because like when I wrote the first book, Wolf Gone Wild, Evie was pretty much sort of her personality was based off myself. So easy peasy, right? Well, I really yes. wanted to get Isadora right, but the reviews have started coming in and I've had several people say I related to Isadora. I'm much like her. I just wanted to like, you know, jump up and cheer and do a cartwheel because Jessen knows how hard this was for me. It was not <laughs> easy. Like the first draft or two, it was rough. And and um, I just had to tap into Jessen. I was like, okay, so how would you react if this happened? You know? Yeah. And, I did so. have to I did have to give her certain scenarios. There is kind of a couple scenes where Isadora interacts with, you know, strangers. She's mm-hmm. like out in public or whatever. And I had to I had to tap into my old um my old job in retail and was like, Well, this is how this is what was going this on in my I head. Felt. Right. This is how <laughs> this I felt. Was going like, on in my- Yes. Okay. So I'm going to channel that shit into Isadora. So it was perfect though, because yes. it, it's very different than the way I am. You know, yeah, so. um, Juliet is very outgoing. She reaches out to people like strangers all the time. And I tell her all the time, I'm like, you contacted them? I'm like, yeah. contacted total strangers? She's like, oh my God, yes. And I'm like, I could never. I, That's what I, did. I was still laughing at me contacting Kerrigan Byrne. Like she wouldn't care or give a shit to talk up to me. And I'm just like, hey, I'm so in love with your book. I just had to tell you. I'm the complete opposite. I will not do it. I will not do it. <laughs> I cannot be the uh, one to reach out and like, I can't do it. (laughs) We've had moments where you're like, if we go to a conference and Kennedy Ryan's there, I don't know if I can even go to the table. I was like, girl, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. I will drag you. I'm going to like like, be so beat um, red. Kennedy, this is Jessica. (laughs) 
no. <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'd be fine since I've like actually like spoken well, to her a couple exactly. times. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'd be fine. Yeah. But um, who knows the way that Justin's <laughs> mind works. I surely do not. So yeah, it always reminds me of Nalini Singh when you first met her. You're like, oh, God. I was so I was so nervous and embarrassed that I was just like, I can't talk to her. No, we don't at, make me. We were at RC and we were in a panel and Nalini Singh was circulating table to table and she was actually signing copies. And I knew Justin had her book in her bag. In my lap. It in was her lap. In my lap. <laughs> Clinging to it like a life raft. You know, her white knuckles around the edges, you know, just like not letting it go. And I was like, Justin, so Justin, there she is. I was like, just ask her. She's like, stop. Shh. Don't say anything. Like, no. <laughs> Justin, that's what she's here for. Like, it's I was- okay. I was absolutely freaking out. Oh. I was like, I can't. I'm like, I'm going to come off as such a weirdo. Stop <laughs> making me do this, Juliet. <laughs> you did not come off as a weirdo. But I was so glad she was, I was so glad that Juliet made me because I got a beautiful signed oh. copy by Nalini Singh and she was 100% lovely. So I don't know. My mind's weird. Isadora's mind's weird. Yeah. Um, you should read yeah. Don't Hex and Drive when it comes out on September 8th. Woo-hoo. I hope you do. <laughs> Okay, you guys, let's talk about Transcendence by Shay Savage. Oh, my goodness. So (laughs) I discovered this book after watching a reading vlog by Jessica from Peace Love Books. She was recommended this um, by a follower of her booktube channel. And (laughs) when she described this book as being... (laughs) A kind of time travel historical romance, but the hero is a caveman. He's <laughs> a Neanderthal with mm-hmm. no language skills. He possesses yeah. none of them. And the story is told completely through his point of view. Yeah. I was like, what? What is this? I was, I've never heard of something like this before. And I immediately was like, I have to read it. I also... Um, offered this up on Patreon as an option for our July or June mm-hmm. um, book pick of the month that we would review live together and chat about. And so many people picked it up, even though it wasn't picked. They right. they were reading it behind the scenes like, oh, this sounds interesting. Everybody was like floored by it. So we all were just bowled over by yeah. this book. Basically. Insanely amazing. Insanely. I just... I, I'm I'm yeah. still like how brilliant was this? <laughs> you know, I mean there there's practically no dialogue, and yet not one second did I feel like there was a lack of no. pacing. You know, the pacing was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. How? What is this witchcraft? How? How? Okay, definitely. What is this? It's amazing. Witchcraft. Yeah. So I have to talk with these characters really quick and then we'll move on to the spoiler section and tell you exactly how this all plays out. Yeah. So. It opens with our hero, who we later learn his his name sound is Ed, <laughs> E-H-D, and he is alone. He is alone. Oh his tribe gosh. his tribe has been decimated, and yeah. he's been alone for a long time, and he's almost losing the will to live, yeah. and winter's coming soon is cold. He's, he's lethargic because he hasn't been able to hunt. Mm-hmm. Yes, he hasn't been able to 
hunt by himself, it's harder. Yeah. And also, it's like you just lose the will to live. There's no right, human there's, contact. Right. He lost everyone. You need that. Entire yeah, tribe. you need human contact. Mm-hmm. Um, even Neanderthals who weren't yeah. human, Homo sapiens, exactly. But yeah. um, so anyway, one day he was checking his traps and he was devastated because he basically lost the chance at getting uh, a food source, but he checks one of his traps and there is a woman in his trap and she is <laughs> wearing strange clothes very funnily. And, but he is like, oh, I have been sent a mate. This is amazing. Okay. So this is the introduction to our heroine who we never get the point of view of during the course of this romance. Mm-hmm. But we later learn that her name is Elizabeth. And since he is nonverbal, basically, he he calls all of her noises like he thinks they're annoying. Um, but he is able to say Beh, B-E-H, mm-hmm. and that's his name for her. Mm-hmm. And she... You don't get any explanation for how this modern girl, because the way that he does describe her clothing, she's wearing jeans and she's wearing, you know, eyeshadow and makeup. So she's a modern girl, but she has been dumped in, you know, the Stone Age. And um, we don't get any information. We and which is so intriguing. It, it's I can't I, tell you how yeah. I was just like, what happened? I need I to find know. out what happens. I know. I what know. is she thinking? Because you don't know what she's thinking. You can kind of infer it because what's so great about this book is our hero is completely like in tune with her. Like mm-hmm. he watches her and he's like trying to find out how to make her happy. And yeah. I just love, I just love. Yeah, he talks Ed. about her facial expressions and um, yes. her, you know, the sharpness. So we as a reader, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we as a reader can infer some of her mm-hmm. thoughts. We just don't know for sure what she's thinking. But man, Shay Savage does a phenomenal job of wow. letting us know how Elizabeth is feeling without actually getting the words yeah. like that he's saying to him because yeah. every time she talks he's just like she's making those noises again <laughs> I, know, <laughs> you know? I love oh we I don't we I have so much to say about all that but but I thought uh, it was fascinating where he was describing you know confused about her emotions or whatever but we as the reader knowing she had time traveled you know obviously mm-hmm. you know because she's wearing sneakers um you know can figure out what she's depressed about. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just, it was, it was really brilliant. Brilliant. So, Absolutely brilliant. Amazing storytelling. You don't want to miss it, you guys. So we are going to head into the spoiler section because we have so much to discuss. If you haven't read Transcendence, go check it out and come back to chat with us. Hey guys, I just wanted to remind you about the great promo we have with Stitcher. You can try Stitcher Premium for one month free of charge by using our code SMART at checkout. That is S-M-A-R-T. The premium subscription with Stitcher has tons of cool perks like exclusive episodes from your favorite podcasts. We love Stitcher Premium and we know that you will too, so don't forget to use the code SMART for your free trial. Now back to Transcendence. All right, guys, we are in the spoiler section now. So like I said, it begins with Ed basically almost giving up on life and right. he's nothing to live for. He's so sad. He misses his family. His family died in this devastating fire and he was the only one that survived. Oh. And he was lucky enough to collect fire um, to bring with yeah. him. Yeah. Yes, to bring with him 
to his own cave because everything's harder when you're alone. Mm-hmm. Hunting's harder, gathering's harder, um, staying warmer's harder. Yeah, so it would usually take two men to start the fire because they had to go back and forth creating the yes. And it took a while. It hurts your hands. You have to create this enormous pressure to be able to do it with sticks. You know, right. look, we've seen it on Survivor. It's not easy sometimes when they Mm-mm. have to do those like on their yeah, own. Yeah, they always make it sound easy. Yeah, but it's not really. I mean, especially <laughs> especially if you don't have flint because he doesn't figured out how to use flint yet you know no um, he's very i mean this is very primitive prehistoric primitive <laughs> tools that are being used um and the, sad, the one sad thing that made me because i know you described in our opening about how lonely he was but i, I when he so talked lonely. i know it, was, it breaks my heart he talks about how one time a, a, a tribe did come close and he approached them and like four men yelled and chased him away like they didn't want him was like so he had to run so i'm just imagining him run back to his cave by himself and just like he's just withering away dying and he's a young man so so immediately you feel sympathy for this caveman you feel complete and total sympathy for him how can you not okay if you don't feel sympathy for him what is wrong with you okay but anyway so it's amazing the (laughs) emotions that he goes through when he does discover beth in the in his <laughs> little trap yeah Beth. like he is like he is ecstatic guys he's like i have been sent a mate wow yeah. this is amazing i'm no longer alone and she is beautiful yeah and i'm Stop going touching to her hair her. Yeah, and and he he's he's like, man, I've never seen a girl look like this before. She is amazing, and she's wearing strange things, but I don't care. I don't care. Like, I'm not alone anymore. He is ecstatic. He cannot wait to show her his cave and all the things that he has, and he just like, oh yes, amazing. And we can have kids, and then we really won't be alone. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I got to impress her. I've got to show her. He shows her. I show her my meat, my furs. I show her my stash of like grains and she's not impressed. He's like, what is wrong with her? She is strange, but she is my mate and I love her. And I (laughs) so many moments where he's like, she is so strange. And so she is so, so weird. That's just the way she is. But she is my mate and I like her the way she is. (laughs) Yes. She just does strange things, but I still love her. So yes. this is Ed. This is just the way that he is. And he's so sweet. He's oh, a cinnamon roll hero. Yeah, cinnamon roll caveman, y'all. It's a thing. We're going to hashtag that. <laughs> oh, my God. Cinnamon roll fucking caveman. He's just, like, amazing. And who would have thought that I would have loved a caveman yeah. hero as much as I do? Never. So like Juliet was talking about, it's very easy for us to imagine what Beth is feeling, even though we don't get any dialogue because since Ed is a Neanderthal and they did not per- possess language, basically, um, he just thinks as her sounds as being noise. We right. never really get – we get pretty much three things that we know for sure that she says. Um, yeah. And – it's just we don't know what she's saying and she's confused and she doesn't know yeah. how she got there. She sees this dirty, strange man in furs, you know, and it's just has to be scary. Has to be so scary. And I love that he says he show you know he can see fear in her eyes. He's like she must have lost her tribe, like I lost mine. So of course he's thinking <sighs> in some tragedy, but we know 
something, a mistake happened. She's here mistakenly the way she's yes. acting. And I just love that we can, um, like you said, in the inf- inference that we get of what Elizabeth is feeling and mm-hmm. thinking. Like I remember the first snow season that passed and she just sat and cried and stared at the snow. And I was thinking personally, like, is she missing Christmas? Is she missing her family's like moving on without yeah. her? You know, it's just like she doesn't know how she got there at all. And she's time's passing. And so she has to eventually accept that she might never get back because obviously she's confused as how she's confused. She does Mm -hmm. not know how she got there. Mm -hmm. This was not on purpose. And so she knows that she probably will never see home again. And I really love that Ed, um, like holds her as she cries. And of course she's resistant because she doesn't know what intentions are but all he wants to do is comfort her he does not like her tears he wants her to be happy he wants her to be happy so badly yeah so so badly he's trying to feed her like his his warmed up meat you know it's yeah. not really cooked they just kind of push it closer <laughs> to the fire and i'm just like man that must be disgusting for poor ed he's, he's like doing- trying to give her the best the best pieces of no meat he's doing Everything a caveman could do to with his game to impress, to try woman. impress this woman, and this is a twenty first, <laughs> probably futuristic woman, yes. you know, um, who's not impressed. Like he's like, she looks confused. Why isn't she reacting? She does not want this yes. choice meat from the antelope or whatever the gazelle. She doesn't want to drink, and yeah. all she does is cry. Yeah, and yeah, and he, you know, he, him being like, this is my mate. He mm-hmm. automatically thinks that. Well, of course, she knows that she's my mate, and yeah. um, I have like certain privileges. So he, the way that they he greets, I, I'm assuming that this is how they all greet each other, is like by rubbing their noses against each yeah. other. And I almost had, um, I was picturing kind of how the Maori from um, New Zealand um, greet each other. They press their noses and foreheads together. Yes. Like that's what I was yeah. imagining. Yes. Yes. And that's a that's a note of acceptance too. Yes, like, and mm-hmm. and like a point of connection between them. And he wants to feel connected to Beth. And you know, at first she's like flinching away, like, "What do you get it out of my face?" And I'm sure Stop he's smelling disgusting. Me. Okay? Stop smelling I'm me. sure he's absolutely disgusting. He is, we, which we, we discover. do find out later that she is very obsessed with personal hygiene, and yeah, she tries to bathe him all the time. It's great. But she doesn't understand. And he's y'all. He's almost like a child. It's like I know she's trying to tempt me, but that lake water is cold, and I will not get in it. Even if she can yes. bathe in there, I will not get in that cold water. He's just like she's trying to trick me. Okay, wait, I'm gonna go, and then he's. Like I will do so, anything for my Beth. <laughs> yes. So eventually, eventually Beth starts to make you know the best of her situation. Yeah. That you can see Ed, those moments of acceptance. That's cool. Yes, and she does realize that Ed is not a brute. He's not trying to take anything by force. When he does try to, you know, kind of rub up against her and she tells him no and so forcefully at one point that she actually hits his nose at one point. Oh my god! And he is so devastated. He's, Y'all. Like, he's like, I don't understand. I don't she understand why she hit me. She, she hates me. Know. She wants to leave. I'll just give her fish and I'll just let her leave. I'll be alone. And it's <laughs> And he's, like, he's like, I can't even look at her. I hang my hair so I cannot see her eyes. I do not want to see how much she does not like me. 
I was so devastated. I thought about you, Jess, and I was like, Jessen must have died at this part. She's like, why did, why did she hurt my nose? I was thinking of like, a, I could think of like a puppy dog. Yes. You know, just like, no. <laughs> Ed, poor baby. But she, oh, she knows. I mean, obviously, she she's, she's trying mm-hmm. to protect herself, um, which mm-hmm. I don't blame her. But right. um, he is such a cinnamon roll and he does not mean anything by it. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. she immediately is trying to make him feel better. But it's very hard. There's a language barrier here. Yeah. He doesn't know anything that she's saying, you know? Exactly. He doesn't know anything she's saying and he can't really learn. It's like he does not have linguistics. He's not homo sapien. Yeah, you know? exactly. They don't have that capacity in their brain. And I love how Shay Savage, every once in a while when Beth is like really talking, he'll say the back of his head hurts. Like it's too much. Like yeah, he doesn't yeah. have this capacity to. Yeah, he'll even like put his hand over her mouth like yeah, to stop her. Like, oh, he's stop, like, I can't please. hear those noises anymore. You know, there are silent people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they point and grunt and have a, a couple of, they have name sounds. Yes. And that's kind of it. You exactly. Know? Oh, that, that was a fun do. scene where Beth was trying to, you know, be like, what's your name? This is my name. And mm-hmm. it took him a while to figure out what she was doing and of course, since her name is Elizabeth, there's so many syllables. He's like, <laughs> I was laughing. So long. Why must it be so long? Beth, Beth is all he can get out. Not it even Beth. Forever. Beth. It took forever yeah. for him to say Beth, but he's so happy because she smiles when he when yes. when he starts saying her name, and it's just so amazing. Y'all, he Why? thinks so many moments. He looks like she is so beautiful, and she is my mate, and it's just like. He is so in love with her. It's just like the He's sweetest thing. He's in love with he her immediately. Immediately. Yeah, insta love on his part, 100%. Insta love. It is an insta love. It insta is love. for him. Like, of course. Oh, and goodness. at first, oh. you know, the, the insta love, the feelings and affections are in part due to because he was so lonely and she is very attractive. But the way that he is so obsessed with making her happy, like you just, you just can't, he's going to wear her down. I mean, what I thought was, this was, look, Shay was, Savage was brilliant because what she did is there, there was a definite transformation for him. Like he would have these revelations where he's like, you know, cause he was always like, I want, I want to mate with my mate. Like, Mm -hmm. why won't she let me mate with her? You know, like he was like, he was like very insistent about this. Like he was going to do anything he could just to get her to meet him. And then after a while, he's like, you know, even if she doesn't, I still want her. Yes. I still, I still love my bath, yes. you know? And it's just like, you know, it's like he would have these little moments. And then, he, and then when he, she was doing things like she, um, basically figure out i think they, they used to call it like a wigwam for native americans that they would pull behind them is what she basically created uh-huh. that's sort of so that like they could uh, carry supplies from the lake right. back to the cave like wood right. and stuff right with the two sticks like he realized he's like she is so smart her ideas are so amazing i can we can do yes. all these things and he started to grow admiration for her as well you know it's like his love mm-hmm. kept growing I, I just love that you Me know too and i like how he's always so confused whenever she's trying to let him know like this is what i'm trying to make i'm trying to make something to help us to make this easier um to gather because he automatically assumes since he doesn't know any better that she's part of a tribe. And I love how he gives her like reeds to weave baskets and she's looking at him like, okay, thank you for the grass. Like, um, (laughs) (laughs) she just starts playing with him. He goes, Beth's just playing with them. She is not making anything. What is wrong with her? 
like my mate is so weird yes and he's <laughs> it's so funny though too because whenever he first meets her he's like oh it'll be easier now i have someone to help me but obviously right. she doesn't have the skills needed she to doesn't survive. have the hunter and gatherer skills exactly and so <laughs> now but i love how he immediately accepts he's like well i'm gonna need to provide for us like and mm-hmm. he needs to gather before it gets cold because he's worried about the food supply and the short and he just wants to make sure he's prepared because Mm -hmm. she is vulnerable. He does realize she is very vulnerable, my mate, and I don't want anything to happen to her. So for the intimate scenes, you guys, like it 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 comes across gradually, but it's like she um she wants to go really slow. And of course he's a caveman. He's like, there is no like, you know, warming no. up to it. Like he's like, let's get to the main event. Yeah. Like, like, um, just like, let's just me, yeah. you know? And so I knew, I knew that she was, had to have been a virgin. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, she's not only that, like not just jumping in with a caveman, right? but you could tell by her actions that she was nervous, you know, and a little scared. Yes. And yes, it wasn't new, just the fact that, yeah, yeah, it wasn't just the fact that he was a caveman. It was the fact that he was a, a man and she'd never done, done right. this before. And right. you could – I do love the way – she really didn't have to insist very hard when – at first when they were sleeping together in the pallet um, for warmth and under the furs. And he was being gentlemanly, but they snuggled. And, of course, morning wood. So <laughs> – and he's like, man, this feels great. This feels great to have something to rub up against. And – yeah. <laughs> Beth is like Beth like insists like no and like he's like oh that word okay she that doesn't word. like that and I don't want to make her happy I hate, that, I hate <laughs> yeah. that no sound she did not make the no sound at me like, yes it, it's there so, so many moments like there's he judges his actions on being like this is like a hard like I'm doing something wrong but if he hears that no word yeah. but if yeah. she if she's like frustrated but she doesn't say no then he's like okay so I must not be in trouble <laughs> Right, right. It's like, y'all, he's so cute. When he looks to her, like, did I do something wrong? Did I make her yes. upset? Yes. It's the cutest thing. Oh, so I also really love the scenes at the lake because mm, she's too. very obsessed with hygiene. Um, mm-hmm. Also, can I note on just an observation that she time traveled to the Stone Age in jeans, and I'm just like, I would not want jeans to be my only <laughs> – clothes because i hate just yeah. wearing jeans like how disgusting yeah. after a couple days jeans are oh if you wear God. them a couple days in a row like no oh no yeah, clinging to you with all the dirt on them yes yes and so yeah. she doesn't care that the lake is frigid she's like i am bathing i'm washing mm-hmm. my hair and she's using this twig to get all the knots out and she starts doing it to him too she yeah, then mm-hmm. she starts washing his face, and that's how we know that he's very dirty because he doesn't look at himself that way. He's not like, oh, I'm so dirty. But yeah. once she starts cleaning off all the dirt from his face, there's this moment where she's, like, shocked by what she uncovers. So you know that he's, yes. like, a hot caveman. Exactly. I was like, guys, you know he's a looker. And she's <laughs> blushing, and she's like, I love how he, he obviously has no shame because, he like, when he does, like, get naked or whatever, and she's trying to turn away, and he's like, I don't understand. Oh what is she God. looking at? What is She's looking yeah. at the horizon. I'm trying to figure out what's going he's on. He's staring into the woods. He's like, is there something out there? I don't see any danger. There's nothing there. Why is she looking away? Like, he's so <laughs> 
So Yo, the modesty thing. It was hilarious. And how she would force him to look away and he would sneak peeks yes. as she was in the lake. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Okay, there was a really, really sweet moment because once he figured out, oh, she doesn't want me to look at her while she cleans herself in the lake. And mm-hmm. then he starts thinking back when he had a tribe that there was a girl who had um, a deformity where she did not have her hand. Um, she was born without a hand, basically. Right. And she and he was like, "Oh, what if she doesn't want me to look at her because you know she's not perfect?" And uh, I- I'll still love her anyway. And so he decides to take a peek, and then he's like, "Praise!" He's like, "Oh, but she is perfect. She's so beautiful. I've never seen a form more pleasing, and it's just so cute and innocent oh the way that he, the way that he admires." Admires her, even though he's extremely physically attracted, it's almost like an innocent physical attraction. And you know, whenever she catches him, he like immediately turns away because he's like, "Oh no, I don't want to make her angry." And it's just so yeah. freaking cute. And I, my it, heart literally just like can't take how cute Ed is. I know, I know, it hurts. It's melted. And uh, I love that he decides he needs to figure out a way to really show that he cares because she's like she doesn't really care about furs and stuff she Uh still wears her stupid long dark blue leggings you know as he calls them the blue jeans Uh um and so he decides to carve a comb for her and he makes this little like three-pronged comb and like chips it away and then goes smooths it with sand for her he works on this for the longest time and he's hiding it from her it's like she tries to get it from him and she he wraps it up and hides it from her and like looks at her he wants it to be a surprise he's like he's smart she's smiling so we know she knows he's doing something like hiding something from her it is the cutest i can't even it is it It is the cutest and whenever he gives her the comb she's so at first she's like what is this and then like he starts pulling it through her hair and at first she cries and she does cry when she realizes that it's a comb a comb yeah and she starts bawling and she obviously we know as a reader that she is completely touched because yeah this caveman who doesn't have, you know, very great social skills has identified something to make her happy, has has yes. pinpointed that Beth enjoys taking mm-hmm. care of herself and brushing her hair. And he gave her a tool that was much better than a tree branch. And she just like, holy shit, what an amazing guy. Yes. <laughs> and at first it was so sad. He goes, she, she does not look, she does not like me. She does not want me as her mate. And then of course she like lifts his chin. I love how she always like holds his head and like looks at him and, mm-hmm. and eventually she teaches him. And I think this might be the night where she teaches him yes. the word love. Luffs is luffs is all he no, can get out. No, it's kiss. It's kiss that. Oh, uh, kiss. It's yeah, kiss that's that. The first word. Yes. So she teaches yeah. him kiss. Like she kisses him in gratitude for the comb. She's um becoming more and more attracted to Ed as a man, and um. I really do like it because, like, she she wants to be able to communicate with him so bad. And so one mm-hmm. of the things that does make her happy is when Ed can repeat the things that she's trying to get him to say. And so kiss is something that she wants to teach him really bad. Like, this is a kiss. Right. This is- once he figures it out, kiss, he kiss. like always tells her he's a like, kiss, like always, kiss, like, kiss. and she'll laugh, and then she'll kiss him, and it's just right. <laughs> you can totally see this like modern girl like laughing at him because yes, he's like, so adorable, he's, you know. He's, he's, he's kiss, 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 
back is that's another thing I do want to talk about. So once he does learn the word for kiss and she freely does kiss him, he still always asks for it. He still yeah. always asks her and he never mm-hmm. initiates it until like later, whenever there was extenuating circumstances where he was like feeling very passionate. But he's yeah. always <laughs> one to like ask her permission and like make sure that she's okay with it because Right. That's how their relationship started out. Like he wants to make sure that everything he's doing is not like yeah. wrong. And I just love that. Yeah. I just absolutely and there, love yeah, that. Yeah, I know. He is and there's only one moment where he sort of like loses control for a second there. Cause I mean, again, we're talking about a prehistoric man, you know, their instincts are just to, you know, have mate, have children, hunt, gather, you know, that yes. kind of stuff. So she is in danger from a boar that um, that starts to attack her. He ends up like basically <laughs> he takes this um, boar down by himself, you know, kills it. It's it, it takes a With, lot. Like his bare hands. It. Yes. It, y'all, a wild boar. Like and in case you didn't <laughs> know, that's extremely dangerous because my papa, who is a hunter, mm-hmm. who hunted, who hunted, who hunted in the Louisiana marshes, um, they would go boar hunting. He got like gouged on his hand, like I almost all that. the way through his hand by yeah. a, a boar tusk. So extremely yeah. dangerous, you know. <laughs> and it, and apparently these are really big ones because yeah. he described it as twice the size of his body, yes. which this is a very like, big dire wolf but a boar yeah right and so he jumps on its back he ends up um killing it it takes a lot it's it scratches up his arm and he's so freaked out that he almost lost the bat he he literally is like losing his mind he grabs her mm-hmm. runs back up to the cave puts her down checks her and, and the the boar had like torn through the jeans like all the way up to her hip um and so he like rips them the rest of the way to basically make sure her legs are okay he's like looking at her and then it like transforms like to like need to mate you know like i need this and so he flips her over and he starts to get ready and he hears the word no you know and that's the only thing that brings him out of it and of course he does stop yeah 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 and um he does stop and like that's the last time he ever like goes to like I guess tries to force her you know yes, what I mean? or exactly exactly there wasn't there wasn't any no it was people made it and that was it and since right. he was so high on that adrenaline rush you know in historical yes. romances where it's like the 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 bloodlust during battle translates exactly. to you know extreme yeah. virility after well exactly. that's what Ed was feeling after he um strangled the boar with his two hands um right. but it's it's just so beautiful that he is so far gone. But the second she's like, no, and he realizes that she's trembling and obviously she doesn't want this. He pulls back and he, he's like, okay, I can't, I can't. She's saying, no, I can't hurt that. I can can never hurt that. You know, (laughs) he's just so friggin' sweet. I love him. So, so, so much. We have another scary – you want to tell them about the other scary incident we have at the lake? Yes. Okay. So before we get to the danger, the next danger section, um, obviously they've been getting to know each other. They're, they say how many seasons have passed. They, um, Ed talks about you know the cold months and when it gets warmer and stuff. So she's been – in this time period for quite a while Mm -hmm. getting to know ed and you know teaching him how to kiss and stuff and so finally she does feel comfortable with him and she is falling for him she's falling for this extremely sweet (laughs) and you know doting caveman 
I mean, he's he's such a cinnamon roll and he just wants to please her so bad. So she does decide that she's going to have sex with Ed. And um, it's both of their first time. And it's so <laughs> funny because he's just like absolutely amazed. And he's like, this is wonderful. I love reading about it in his, his head. thoughts about sex are just like, he's this is the most amazing away. thing in the world. Like, I want to do so. It's so awesome. I just absolutely love them as a couple. And he's like, I can't wait to do this all the time. Like, we're doing this every single day. So, um, (laughs) she, it's, it's really funny the scenes that we get in Ed's point of view. He's not understanding why she's making these markings on the, on this bark. Mm -hmm. And, the reader can figure out, and I really love how like nothing was spelled out. You really had to like use use your uh, your imagination on what she was thinking. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. And be like, okay, so what would she be doing? Yeah. So she's marking off the days and trying to make sure she doesn't get pregnant. Yeah, she's having because, to ovulate. Um, I don't day. know about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I would not want to be giving birth in the prehistoric <laughs> age. You know? No, like, <laughs> no. It just sounds like. You know, very terrifying, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I would really be scared. You know, there's mm-hmm. no help. There's no other people or b- besides Ed, who is a virgin, um, to help you yeah. if something goes wrong during childbirth. Yeah. So I don't blame her. So she does push him away during those times, the times that she's ovulating, and he does not understand. He's like, but I don't understand sometimes she doesn't want me to mate with her. She doesn't want me to put a baby in her. Yeah. Like, why is <laughs> she pushing me away? What is going bit- on? frustrated yeah and and well and the other the the other frustration is they can't they don't communicate with words so the only communication is her saying like Mm -hmm. no like he knows no that's the one word he does know (laughs) you know like no he doesn't understand why she would the reasons why she's doing what she's doing he understands that she doesn't want to have sex right now, but he doesn't understand, like, why. Like, he he doesn't have those powers of deduction. Yeah, and I love the other thing is, like, his instinct is, why won't she let me put a baby in her? It's t- I need to put a baby in her. Like, that's, like, him is, like, reproduction, reproduction, it's you that know. survival. Exactly, yeah, the survival. survival. We mm-hmm. must reproduce to survive. Right. Those instincts are so strong in Ed. Right. He's like, we have to create a tribe and then we will be safe. Right. You know, that's his instincts. Mm-hmm. And um so one day they're at the lake and Beth is gathering the clay that she uses to make pottery mm-hmm. basically and um but he's like a little bit frustrated he Beth's not letting him have sex with her and he also does not want to bathe because the water is cold and he does not understand why she wants to bathe like every single day yeah so they're not close to each other during the lake but Ed looks up because he's always checking on her and he sees that there's another man okay he starts freaking out and he runs toward her but the man does grab her from behind and this is like he notes how this man is older than he is bigger yeah obviously more muscular and experienced he's had more years Mm -hmm. and um he wants to take beth but thankfully our main man ed he does 
prevail and he grabs a huge stick and like bashes him over the head yes. and he eventually does run away. But it was close call and he is like not at all willing to risk Beth being harmed and he's berating himself basically for not being close to her and he could have lost Beth. He could have lost her and he's freaking out about it. And so like he runs to the cave like forget the pottery, forget everything you want to do. We're going back home yeah. and he's just more protective of Beth. Um, after that incident and um, yeah eventually Beth's uh, plans to not get pregnant don't pan out Beth does get pregnant and it's so sad because she's like she's real frustrated I could feel her fear but at the same time she is excited and it's really it's really touching because Ed is like Sometimes she cries all the time and it's just so like she yeah. cries whenever I give her gifts. She cries whenever I do nice things for her. She just she's very like emotional about I'm sure giving birth during this yeah. time with no aid and <laughs> never had to do this before. And I love how scary doing and- it the natural way, which is like I read this one. Um, I don't know. I used to read a lot of like Chinese literature and stuff. I used to teach it. And there are a lot of them about women giving birth and they would give birth in these chairs that you would squat over with the little pot underneath it or literally just like squat because that's the most well, natural way. Technically, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. It's a natural way because lying on your back is the most right. actual. It's, it doesn't help you right. at all. When you're squatting. Um, the- which is why I know a lot of women don't want to have an epidural because it's easier to give birth when you're not lying on your back and you right. have no choice if you right. have an epidural. So. Um, Gravity people helps. like to give birth on their hands and knees <laughs> right. or squatting, just yeah. like you said, squatting, like those birthing chairs mm-hmm. um, that were very popular. You know, they actually use birthing chairs in a Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I didn't think about Handmaid's That's Tale, how, but uh, I was thinking about this, yeah, I don't know, these short stories I used to read yeah. in the, uh, different lit and whatever. Anyway. It does take her a while to push the baby out and you can see her getting like tired and he's just like helpless like I don't know what to do I try to hold her and sometimes she wants me to hold her and he remembers like one of his old tribe mates like even remembers his name when um after the baby came you know his wife you know died from it and she never she never recovered and he's just thinking about how he's like I can't lose my bed you know I can't lose her like you said he's always wanted a baby mm-hmm. but when he's faced with the reality that oh, I could get my baby, but like, what if Beth dies? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. what if she, what if she leaves me alone? Like, like my old tribe mate who died giving birth, you know? And right. this reality, I just love his thought process, you know, cause it's very primitive driven. Um, he wants to mate, he wants to protect, he wants to continue his tribe, but it's like, she is also kind of changing him to the extent you can change him. Because like we said, his brain mm-hmm. is developed in such a way that, you know, he's never going to really develop language. Um, but it's just really beautiful to see him grow and evolve. And she does safely deliver her baby. Yeah. It's so beautiful. She's so like excited. I just love like she's been preparing like the softest furs. And he's just like, oh, my little family. Like, this is just great. Yeah, I have to say. Yeah. So I have to say. So of course he talks about how um, his bet puts together a bunch of name sounds all together in one long string, and he just looks at her blankly, like, "What is she saying? And why is she saying so many sounds together?" So she's trying to say Sheila, Sheila, you know. And so he ends up calling her La, 
la and so that's her name yes. becomes la it's it's so she really tried to get ed to be able to say sheila and then she's like okay i have to shorten this obviously it's never gonna work so she suggests la and ed's like oh yeah I la, can say la. la. let's do that she's sheila and you can see like her her resigned expression la okay yeah <laughs> it's just gonna be law thanks but what's so great is that um her you know and we'll say the children as they come um they're all making a lot of the sounds the word sounds the name sounds as he calls them or noises whatever because um they have her genes they have homo sapien genes you know mixed with his and i thought that was cool that she can now talk and have conversations yes, exactly with their they, they have the ability to communicate right. and reason right. so right. and and he's the odd man out um eventually yeah. all his kids can talk and he's like i th- they're loud but i don't i don't i don't mind it because you know they're my family and stuff it's really funny so we do have to say there's a little bit of tragedy that is um that happens between yeah. um the family yeah. So La becomes very sick and she um, starts to get a fever and he knows what this means because he remembers um, his brother died of a fever and like he remembers that going through the tribe and many of them, you know, catching this fever and never waking up. Um, and so they're devastated because she stopped eating. They don't have the medicine. And this is what's so, I mean, y'all, my heart, my heart was just so caught up in this. They were both so devastated. They were curled up with her, like in the bed, just kind of waiting and watching and thinking, you know, this may be the end. And then suddenly we hear the whirring noise and she gets all excited, Beth, and she runs outside and he goes too, and she's holding the baby and she, he sees like this ring yeah. this these lights and we know what's happening we know what's happening and suddenly a man yeah. in a white doctor's Time cloak travel. appears yes this bright light and sudden this whirring noise and you know like humming of bees is how he described it and then in it mm-hmm. it's beth's father she runs to him and hugs him and of course he's immediately you know um on the defensive like who is this man he's like okay he's an older man he has the same yes. eyes as her he must be her father but i do not like him and what is he doing near her you know <laughs> it's just yes. like yes yes because he looks strange and he's holding this black box in his hand um i also wanted to because obviously we don't get confirmation of this but i think the way that Ed was describing the father as having like really white hair, I'm wondering how many years have actually passed since like Beth has disappeared from her own timeline to the point uh-huh. where Beth's dad actually figured out how to how to time travel where Beth was, you know? Yeah. The only problem is that, you know, Ed is very nervous. He doesn't know what's being said. He doesn't know what they're doing. And then um so but we kind of gather, I gathered what she was telling him because she was showing him the baby law. And then she hands her father, the baby and is bawling crying and then backs away. Her father taps on the black box and the whirring sound and disappears with the baby. And Ed is devastated, just devastated. Like, oh my goodness. Like, Guys, I, I teared up. I did too. Cause she couldn't explain to him like because, why. Because he was just like, 
No, and he was just like, where is my child? He was like calling for law and it was the saddest thing and he actually went into a depression for a long time after law disappeared. Like, oh, it was so, so, so sad and like he had to snap out of it eventually um, because he was letting like supplies get low and all all of that stuff and she would like try to try to coax him out of it but he was in such a deep depression after the disappearance oh, of yes. and it was just so sad so because sad. he loved his law so oh, much oh my gosh it was, it was so devastating and she I, it's just the fact that they couldn't it communicate was. and she couldn't tell him like you know i'm doing this to if there's any way to save her my father can save her like she can't even explain that to him so he just thinks she gave him away you know to this man that was her father and she's gone and he he wanted to bury her deep in the ground where the animals wouldn't get her after she passed like it was just oh it was heart-wrenching it was so heart-wrenching But they, they, it was heart wrenching. They move on. They have another child, Lee. They have a son. And then so things get kind of positive again. And then one day we hear the whirring sound again. Yes. And he's returned. But yes. y'all, almost like a year and a half has passed. And so their, their son, Lee, is almost like just past the age that, um, La was whenever she got sick and then her, the father took her and disappeared. Yeah. And I thought it was so funny because when, Ed realizes he's back and all he thinks of is that man took Ed. If he thinks he's taking Betherly, no way. So he blocks the entrance of the cave and is will not let her get out. You know, it has his spear at the ready. Mm-hmm. And so she is like yes. beating on his back, like get out of the way Ed, and he won't. And her dad approaches. And then um, he's just like, you know, in this sort of like protective whatever mode. And finally she goes, Ed, Ed. And she turns his face and goes, La, la, in points. And then we see, oh my God, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> um, we see, I just got all emotional thinking about it. And then we see the dad, it's, I know it's so sad, y'all, I'm crying. Um, the dad is holding La and she's like screaming and crying, like a healthy scream and cry, like a healthy baby. And it's just the sweetest thing. And so Beth tells her father, which we know this through deductive reasoning tells her father to put the baby down and back away because ed is nervous you know and so that's what he does and he goes and picks up law and he he walks away with both children like they're mine and no one's taking them yes and he is so excited and it's a poor thing he doesn't understand because law is the same size that she was when she disappeared like no time has passed for law and the father but like more than a year has passed for Ed and Beth and um, Lee even looks a little bit bigger and older than La. Um, and so he doesn't understand, but he doesn't care though, because now La is back and he just like is so excited about it. And um, also while um, Ed is marveling at La, the dad actually knocks Ed out. <laughs> yes. was like, oh, oh no, I was so afraid that he was gonna like take beth and the children with him while ed was knocked out like i was so afraid but thankfully that's not what happened um ed is ed is put to bed in their little in their little cozy area and um through his point of view we we see that the dad is giving beth 
things, futuristic things that he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. Um, I love that she, he brought like this like big container. Yes. There's like a container with a bunch of things in it. Some futuristic technology because in the future when La and Lee are older, she's like showing La and Lee pictures of like trees and plants and like pointing to the trees and plants here. I think what he gave her is like a way to see what trees and plants were like edible and like how you could use them and stuff like that. So it was very beneficial to like their survival. She, because I remember um, she discovered like new plants that they could cook. Um, Ed like loves her cooking. Right. Oh yeah. She's very Um, clever about. So like it was a way to help. Yes. It was a way to help um, educate her kids and like, ensure that they had the best chance of survival um and also i think there was a um like a digital photograph thing that she showed um she looked at pictures of her family i believe on there because she would open the box and she would look at the moving pictures or whatever ed was talking about um which i thought that was sweet yeah and also she made the choice to stay with him you know obviously she had an opportunity to go she did and she and but this moment where she hugs her father and ed gets nervous because he thinks she's leaving and then she's just sobbing crying and backs away and and lifts her hand and a a goodbye and that was also heart-wrenching realizing she loved ed and her Mm -hmm. family and this life so much knowing there's no way (laughs) that ed was going to go to the future and survive and that you know that was never going to happen you know and so um she chooses this life with him as opposed to going back with her family and her family's you know (sighs) future and so she's it that was y'all y'all it's just so it's a whirlwind of emotions i mean all the book is very positive emotions it's fun it's funny i think it's hilarious when lee and la lee is pissed that this new baby is taking over breast um space (laughs) and lee is like he's like narrowing my milk he's yes narrowing his eyes at this new infant that is suddenly clutching one and he sucks harder to get more milk out before her like like they're competing for breast milk it was y'all I thought it was hilarious I'm it sorry. really I just funny. thought it was so funny, it was funny. And, and we had these beautiful moments of them living together and growing together and everything they did eventually find a tribe like a friendly tribe and um it was whenever um Ed and Lee were out hunting and he sees this tribe and it wasn't just um like males there was females and lots of children so it kind of felt a little safer to approach them and they were immediately friendly they all moved into this bigger cave system beth shared her um method for starting fire and they were all amazed by it and they just fit in with this tribe really well and ed was like ah my family is safe and so um we do have um a couple of time jumps one where um i think it's lee gets married to one of the tribesmen's like daughters and you know they're all they're all moving on and um he's thinking about you know one day his law is gonna get married and it's just like oh they're just so cute and i think they had two more kids too yeah they did they had phil phil is the baby the very last one and another daughter Kay. They have like single syllable names, you know, everyone has a single syllable name. That's like all they can utter, you know, the cavemen. They have a beautiful life together and um, 
And every now and then they go back and visit their old cave. And we have these like little moments. It moves very quickly toward the end, like because the stories, we can feel it coming to a conclusion. But we see these moments where we see Lee goes off with Nay and takes her to her own cave. And he has his own family building. And um, Beth's cries a little bit to see this like the families they're making their own families just like Mm -hmm. you know i also really loved how ed started the tradition of like giving the the daughters like a comb on their wedding day like ed started that tradition i thought that was so cute i did too i thought that was beautiful it just i don't know it was such a lovely life and then um and so towards the end, we know that everybody's grown. Beth's not breathing well, and he knows she's nearing the end of her yes, life. Yes, they're old now. They're old. They're, they're like old. And mm-hmm. he um, he decides that he's going to take go back to their old cave. I remember him basically saying, I could tell in Lee's eyes, he knew that was the last time he would see his mother, you know? And yeah, he, they, weren't coming, they back. weren't coming back. It was like tradition, especially during like the cold months, that the very elderly would kind of just walk into the forest so that they wouldn't be like a burden on like supplies and right. stuff like that. And um, even though their tribe's strong and stuff, it's not, I mean, they're nearing the end of their life and right. they just kind of wanted and, to be alone right. together and, and, and wanted to be at the place that it all started. Yeah. And it was just so beautiful. So they went back to their old cave and curled up in their furs. <laughs> I'm crying. Why are you crying again? Oh, this, this thing made me so emotional. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't talk. <laughs> This is so I'm not laughing because she's crying. I'm laughing because this is like a romance about a caveman and tra- time travel. Do you expect this to be the book that we get super emotional oh about? Gosh, I mean, it's, it comes out of left field. And they, I know. And so they curl up into and, and he goes through all the things they did in the cave, their life together, their beautiful life together, and they die in each other's arms. Okay, so here's the kicker, y'all. I was like, I had tears like pouring down my face in this. But then we go to the epilogue and it is Elizabeth in her future time, present day, I guess. And Mm -hmm. visiting the museum that her her parents, her mom is like um, an archaeologist and her dad's like a scientist, like a physicist. And one of her friends, Sheila, (laughs) says, uh, oh, my God, that's your that's your mom's fine. Y'all, it's called Prehistoric Lovers. As soon as I read Prehistoric Lovers... I literally was sobbing in the bed because I've seen this. <laughs> I've seen this like on National Geographic or somewhere. I'm like, I know the prehistoric lovers. I've seen that before. And I just couldn't believe like, I was like, this author, I know she had to get inspiration. By the way, the prehistoric lovers yeah. was found in the area of Italy in Mantua, actually. It was, oh, I thought you were talking about in the yeah, book. In the they book talked it's about like it from Hungary. Hungary. Yeah, in the book it's from yes. Hungary. In real life, it's from Mantua. You can look it up. And it is this these prehistoric bones that they are like embracing each other, obviously loved each other very much and died that way. And um, anyway, it's the ending. It's so funny because I would not normally like this kind of ending where we have to look. That's why I hate like the notebook and stuff where they're like, you know, they're, you know, just, oh, it makes me so sad. Like, I just want the HEA and let's stop right there before death. But this one, y'all, yeah. is beautiful. They had a beautiful long life together. They died in each other's arms. And then we go back to the future and we see where it all started. And it basically goes through that first 
moment where she crosses over and sees him for the first time. And it's like, and at the very end, she says, this is the end. Or is it the beginning? And it was just, y'all, I just. Yes. And it was just so awesome to see how her mom's find was being called into question as being legitimate or not because they found Beth's jeans button that she used to make the jo- fires. DoorDash jeans. The DoorDash <laughs> jean button. Okay. And they were saying it wasn't legitimate, but her father had like dated it. And it was like, though this button is, is a thing that's, you know, was produced during current times, the dating of like, you know, wear and tear of it dates it back to this pre- prehistoric time. So it's just like this mind fuck. And Beth's looking at all this pottery and she was just like, oh, it kind of looks kind of crude. And I, I've made pottery at like, you know, a summer camp before. And she's looking at all these things and she doesn't even know that she's looking at like herself yes. and Ed, first of yes. all. She's seeing herself and Ed. Oh. And could you imagine how she had to come to grips whenever she does time travel with, um, okay, all that stuff that I saw, that was my life. Like I was here. That was my button. That was me. That was my pottery that I was critiquing. Mm-hmm. And the, just like all the things that she must have been feeling when she traveled back in time. Right. So. She does go to she was going to visit her father's office and she sees he has these notes. Um, He's doing like experiments. He has these notes and he's he's trying basically to figure out why all this modern stuff was, you know, buried in this this dig. And he's trying to help his wife. Mm-hmm. But he does some DNA testing on the one on the uh, <laughs> remains that are homo sapien names. And he was like, related to me. Yes. He was like, related to me? Oh, yes. my God. And then there's this like glowing thing on his desk. And she knocks it. She knocks it and like a wire's loose. So she decides to like reattach the wire. And when she does that, all of a sudden, like bright lights, all and then she's in the pit, the pit where Ed finds her. Yeah. So that's how it like starts. It ends where it began, and I absolutely phenomenally enjoyed this damn Y'all. book. It was so good, loved, so so good. Loved it, loved, loved it. It's amazing. I mean, like everyone should read this. It's, it's amazing. It's so original, so compelling, beautifully told. Like it is a full hea of a lifetime of you know, this beautiful couple in this very bizarre situation. Showdown scene. Do you have a favorite scene? I'm trying to think of one right now. I loved every single one of them. I love I know. Everything. I want to go with one a little bit more because it had such an emotional impact on me was when he carried her back to their cave together and they laid down yeah. and he literally reminisced about how full their life was, how wonderful it was. And I'm not going to cry again. <laughs> you are crying again. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm a mess. Um, but it was a beautiful moment. And literally it's like she took her last breath and then I took mine. It was just, it was perfect. It was the, it was just so sweet and tender and I loved it. It was. Okay. It was beautiful. Yours. Um, I think. Mine was when um, Ed gets law back. It just like, it really like threw me over because all that mattered was his family. Mm -hmm. And he was so grateful to have his family back and just like seeing them all reunite because I wasn't sure if um if the father would ever be able to bring her back or not i was like we don't know because we don't know what 
what Beth was telling her father, like, oh, the only way to save her is for her to go live back in, you know, the future time. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And so whenever the buzzing sound happened again, I was like, oh my God, she's coming back. I was so, I know, so freaking excited. (laughs) And it was just the way that Ed was just like so ecstatic that he had his law back and he was looking at Lee and law and he was just like, I'm, I'm like the luckiest. And it was just like, it was beautiful, it was. and of course, Beth choosing to stay yes. with her yes. family and Ed, and just being like, "This is my life now." She's giving up all the creature comforts of modern life. Modern day. Exactly. Yes, modern life. You know, plumbing, which is a huge thing. <laughs> Obviously, she's very health conscious, like about you know cleanliness and stuff like that. And she's giving all that up to yeah. stay with this caveman who she could never properly communicate with, but she's yeah. found such such love and just like companionship with with this person she's found her soulmate back in time like it's just incredible fucking fucking beautiful okay i want to add i know is amazing well we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to the next one where we'll be reviewing one hot italian summer by karina hale thanks so much for listening this goes out to all the fangirls life's better with a little hea